Welcome to the Faith Assembly Podcast. We hope you enjoy this week's message. We're talking about our pursuit of God, our pursuit of the King. And, and I want to read this story because what we're, what we're talking about and what we're seeing what we're watching, what we're observing, when we can come into a place of worship and know that we are partnering together with heaven, that we're partnering together with the heavenly realms, that the angels are actually worshiping. And there are some times where I believe heaven is watching earth to see what we're going to do so that they could join together in partnership with it. I think when Joshua spoke to the sun in the middle of the battle and said, sun, stand still, the heaven's like, oh, okay. Somebody, somebody's utilizing the faith. They, they see something. We need to back that up. Everything that we're talking about in this series of pursuit, in pursuing him, pursuing the king, is looking to see what he is doing, recognizing what he is speaking right now, and then following, being obedient, but then also allowing the things that he's placed inside of us to partner together, to connect with the power and the provision of heaven. Amen? So there's this chapter we're going to read here today, John chapter 5. And it's a story that we probably know well, but there's a, a specific point that I want to get to here today. The rest of it might be abbreviated, but I want to see this point of what Jesus and the example that he gives to us. So John chapter 5, if you would just turn in your Bibles with me to John chapter 5, or if you have the study notes, it's printed on the back side of it. It says, after this, there was a feast of the Jews, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. Now there is in Jerusalem by the sheep gate a pool in Aramaic called Bethesda, which has five roofed colonnades. In these lay a multitude of the sick, the blind, the lame, and the paralyzed. One man was there, had been there for 38 years, and Jesus saw him lying there and knew he had already been there a long time. And he looked at him and he said these words, do you want to be healed? Do you want to be healed? And the sick man answered him, sir, I have no one to put me into the pool when the water is stirred up. And while I'm going to take another, while I'm going down, another steps down before me. Not what Jesus asked. Jesus said to him, get up, take up your bed and walk. And at once the man was healed and he took up his bed and he walked. Now that day was the Sabbath, so the Jews said to the man who had been healed, It is the Sabbath, and it's not lawful for you to take up your bed. But he answered them, The man who healed me, that man said to me, Take up your bed and walk. They asked him, Who is this man? Who is it that said to you, Take up your bed and walk? Now the man who had been healed did not know who it was, for Jesus had withdrawn as there was a crowd in the place. Afterward, Jesus found him in the temple and said to him, See, you are well. Sin no more, that nothing worse may happen to you. See that you are well. Sometimes we move through these verses too quickly. See that you are well. Sin no more, that nothing worse may happen. The man went away and told the Jews that it was Jesus who had healed him. And this was why the Jews were persecuting Jesus. Because he was doing these things on the Sabbath. But Jesus answered them, My father is working now. And I am working. My father is working now, and I am working. So Jesus said to them, 
Truly I say to you, the Son can do nothing of his own accord, but only what he sees the Father doing. For whatever the Father does, that the Son does likewise. For the Father loves the Son and shows him all that he himself is doing. And greater works than these will he show him, so that you may marvel. For as the Father raises the dead and gives them life, so also the Son gives life to whom he will. I think there are so many things in this story for us to be aware of, and we're just going to touch on a few of them here today. We see this man who is lying by the pool for 38 years. There was a belief, and, and it's not really confirmed in Scripture whether or not this is true, but they believed that there would be an angel that would come and stir up the waters, and the first person into the pool would be healed. And it says that Jesus walked into this place at Bethesda, and it says there was a multitude of sick. A multitude of those who were broken. A multitude of those who needed healing. But it says in verse 6, I believe, it says when Jesus saw him lying there. When Jesus saw him Once again, sometimes we read through these verses too quickly. Can I tell you that when Jesus sees something, when Jesus looks at something, when the scripture reveals to us where Jesus is putting his attention, that we need to take notice. It says that Jesus saw him. He saw him. He looked at him. He knew that he had been there a long time. And he asked him a question. Do you want to be made whole? Do you want to be healed? I'm sure at this moment, this guy is sitting here thinking, I've been here for 38 years. Of course. Of course I want to be healed. Of course I want to be better. But what does he immediately point to? He points to his own inability. He is looking and seeing that he is unable on his own to do anything about his present condition. He sees that there is no one there with him to walk with him to bring him down to the pool so that he could find his healing. He's looking at an old reality and he's pointing to that thing and saying, this is the reason why I'm not healed. He doesn't say, yes, I want to be healed. He's so wrapped up in his reality and what has been to that point that he cannot even see the one who is standing in front of him. But lucky for him, It says that Jesus saw. You see, he saw the old reality. He saw his inability, but Jesus saw. Jesus saw something different. He saw through the lens of his past. He saw through the lens of the last 38 years. He saw through the hurt, through the brokenness, and through the pain. And that was the thing that was shaping his ability to expect anything in his present. But Jesus, Jesus saw something different. Have you ever known somebody in your life that has a need? And the answer to us looks really clear, but to them they just can't see it? I've had a few people in my life like this. I remember one friend multiple times I just need some money. Okay? It's a clear need. Why don't you go get a job? 
Well, no, because this person owes me money and I'm just waiting for them to give me the money. They owe me. Well, do you think they're going to give it to you? No. Okay, so why don't you go get a job? Well, well, no, because I need to have the right clothes and I need to have the right, the right car. I need to have the right this and the right that in order to go and to, to get the job that I want. Well, why don't you get a, get a job now? No, I need this, this, and this. I need my investments to work out, my cryptocurrency to do it, my lottery, all those other things. They look at so many other things when the answer is just so clear. But it all depends on what we're looking at. We at times have been the man who is laid by the side thinking that this is the thing that we need because we are seeing through the old reality of our inadequacy, of what we don't have, of what people have done to us when God is calling us to see the one that is standing in front of us. It says, and Jesus saw and he said to him, do you want to be healed? He said all these other things. And then Jesus said, no, we're not talking about your old reality. We're speaking to the new reality. He says, get up, take up your bed and walk. And at once the man was healed and he took up his bed and he walked. Why was this possible? Because he shifted his focus from the reality of the past and what was into the newness of what God was saying in the moment. And when he responded... Jesus said, get up. He could have continued to lay there. But when he responded and he got up, he stepped into his healing. You see, Jesus saw and he was inviting him to see. When he saw him later on, he said, see, look, you're healed. Now change. Now, now you can walk in the newness of life to become the man that I've created you to be. First, though, he gave him the healing. First, in the goodness and the grace of God, he transformed the thing in his life that was broken. And then he said, now, stand up. I want you to live. I want you to walk in the reality of the new that I put on your life. I want you to walk in the reality of the new thing that has been done inside of you. We look at this story, and then we relate it to what we're talking about here as a church. That we are in pursuit of God, and we are in pursuit of his people. We talked about as a church that we want to be first loving the body of Christ, second, loving our community, and third, loving the world. As individuals, we said we first need to love our family, then we need to love our friends and our coworkers. but now we're going to get to level three of this. We need to love the people that we don't even know. How do we love the people that we don't even know? People don't always make it easy. We know that for sure. We know that when we look out in the world, we see that there are a lot of people who need Jesus, and we can feel overwhelmed by it. We even know the moments where we have maybe took the step of faith to speak to somebody, and we've been rejected. Or the moments where we have felt led to speak to somebody and we've come up with a million excuses why we can't. I'm just going to pray for them. Anybody else? We can feel overwhelmed by all of these things and we can start to feel the condemnation. We can start to look at our own inadequacies. We can see what we have done in the past, what hasn't worked. 
We can see through the lens of of hurt and the brokenness. Or we can start to see like Jesus. Once again, this story says that Jesus walks into the area where the pool is, and there was a multitude of sick. Not just one, but many. Does Jesus go in and say, attention everybody, I'm here. Form the line right here. We're going to start the healing today. Jesus, being the Son of God, could have walked into that area and just said, be healed. And we know Jesus had a 100% success rate. That when he spoke, things changed. When people came to him, they were healed. When the dead were in front of him and he said, rise, they rose. But why did Jesus have a 100% success rate? Why did Jesus walk into that area where there was a multitude of sick and speak to the one? You see, this is so important for us to recognize because we look at the overwhelming need of the world around us and we look at ourselves and think, I am unable to do anything about it. We see the hurt, we see the brokenness, and then we see ourselves. And we think, I just don't have what it takes. But what is it that Jesus did? It says first he saw the man and he spoke to him, but it goes on to tell us a little bit more because we get to verse 19 and it says, so Jesus said to them, truly, truly, I say to you, the son can do nothing. Say nothing this morning. The son can do nothing of his own accord, but only what he sees the father doing. The son can do nothing on his own except that which he sees the father doing. That man laid there for 38 years in brokenness. Not able to help himself, not able to do anything. Put yourself in his position for a moment. Think about the years that went by and the opportunities that were in front of him and the excitement to be able to go after his healing. And time after time after time, there was disappointment. But then Jesus showed up on the scene and Jesus saw something. He saw his father doing something and he responded. Do you guys hear what I'm saying here today? Jesus saw something about this man. Jesus came to earth, lived 30 years, was in ministry for three more years. He did not heal every person on the earth. He did not speak to every person on the earth. But when he saw the Father speaking, when he saw the Father moving, he was obedient to follow after him. We can be so overwhelmed in the world that we're living in thinking that we have to have all the answers and we know that we don't. But what if we started to shift what we're looking at? What if we started to pay attention to what God is doing instead of looking at the past, looking at what we don't have to start to recognize, oh, God is saying something in this moment. He's doing something in this moment. He's leading me to to step out in faith and to say something to that person to reach out to them, to say a word, to give them a hug, to ask how they're doing and to really stop and to listen to what they have to say. But we have to first pay attention and we have to first separate 
from the old reality of the things. That's what I believe we were doing today in worship when God was cutting those things off. It was the separation from those things. But then as my mom said, there is that next step where it is now I'm going to receive what you are doing. I'm going to step in obedience. I'm going to say yes, even when I don't understand. But first we have to be looking back at him. I don't know for any of the parents in here today, if you've ever had this happen, but your kids are doing something they shouldn't do. And you say, look at me. Look at me. I have to do this all the time. There's something happening. Caleb, look at me. Yes, daddy. Yes, daddy. No, look at me, Caleb. I need you to see that I'm doing something. I need you to see that I'm telling you something that's important for you to listen. Jesus had a 100% success rate in every prayer that he prayed because he said, I can do nothing except for that I see the Father doing it. And he was constantly aware and looking at what the Father was doing and walking in obedience to it. How many times is God reaching out to us as his children and saying, my child, my son, my daughter, look at me. Look at what I want to show you. It is not about your ability. It is not about your wisdom. It's not about your ability to speak the perfect word to that person in the perfect moment that's going to rock their world and everything's going to be changed. It's in your ability to see what I'm doing and to be obedient. You see, Jesus has called us to follow his example. But sometimes we lose sight of the fact that he said he could do nothing without seeing the Father doing it. And we think that we could do all of these things on our own. If I asked you the question, you would say, of course I can't. But, but our actions sometimes seem to speak something else. I rely on myself. I trust on myself. But what is the Father saying in your situation today? What is the Father doing right now in the thing that you're facing, in the battle that you're up against? And are you willing to look into the new reality of what He has said instead of the old reality of what used to be? Are you willing to look? It says that Jesus saw that he saw something different. And then he goes on to say, and greater works than these will he show him so that you may marvel. And then he goes on to say, and greater works will you do. Greater works will you do. The one who follows after God, the one who is seeking what he is doing and paying attention to what the Father is doing. It's not in our inability. It is in our ability to trust in him and to see what he is doing. He asks the question, do you want to be healed? He's asking the question to us today. Do you want to be healed? He's asking us to ask the question to the world. Do you want to find the truth? Do you want to see a different reality? Do you want to see with greater clarity? Do you want to see through the eyes of the Spirit? You see, for us as a church, I do, and I I keep saying this, I believe so strongly that we are going to see growth take place in this body. But can I tell you how I believe it's going to happen? It's not just going to be that we're going to advertise on Christian radio and every Christian in the community is going to come flocking into our doors. 
It's not just going to be that someone hears, oh, there's a good church over there and I've been looking for a new church because I'm not happy where I am. I believe the way that we are going to start to see the change that we desire to see in our communities, in our town, in our city, in the Hudson Valley, is because men and women are going to start to say, God, what are you saying right now? What do you want to show me? Who is it that you're highlighting in my life? How can I speak to them and saying yes and being obedient to do it? I'm not even saying inviting them to church. Although if you want to invite them to church, that's awesome. We're positioning ourselves to love people really well, right? And when they walk in the doors, we're going to love them really well, right? But I'm just saying, go out on your everyday basis and be willing to see what he's saying. Be willing to open your eyes to look at the reality that he's showing you. Because when we do this, when we step into this ability to have an expectation that God wants to do something, he starts to give us these opportunities with the little yes, which leads to the next little yes. And it may feel like a big one, but the little yes to the next one and to the next one and to the next one. Because once we get to that point of saying yes, we're able to do what Jesus was able to do, which is not just speak healing, which is so far beyond our, our present context and ability to understand but to be able to look at them and to be able to see things and know things that we could never know in our own ability. Jesus walks up to the man and it says, he saw that he was there and he knew that he had been there a long time. How did Jesus know that? He knows all, but he was also listening. He was watching that Jesus was listening to the spirit inside of him being led. He was being led. There are things that God wants to do in this time that, I, that, that truly, I believe, are going to blow our minds. But we have to start with the little yeses right now. We have to start by opening up an expectation of, God, you want to do something through my life that I don't feel capable of, that I don't even feel ready for, that I don't feel adequate to be able to accomplish, but I know that in my yes to you, you're the same God, you're the same Holy Spirit that spoke into the life of Jesus, who was fully God, but also fully man, with all the limitations of the flesh, but he walked in trust and reliance on his Father. Can we expect that when we pray for people, we're going to begin to see healings? Can we expect that when we walk into situations, that we are going to be able to hear the Word of God, the voice of the Holy Spirit speaking to us and telling us things that we could never know on our own? Can we begin to ask for these things? We ask for a lot of things in Christianity, but sometimes we're really vague in how we do it. God, I want you to move. That's good. God, I want you to show up. He has. But God, I want to begin to walk in the giftings that you've placed on my life. That before I took my first breath, you said, this is a gift that I'm putting on your life and your life and your life and your life. And it's time for these things to become activated in our lives as we ask and we say yes. Now, a few of you are still... A little unconvinced, I could tell. But I do know this from personal experience. 
that in the moments that I have said yes, in the moments that I've asked for the opportunities, that God has brought them to me, and then he showed up. I know that there are men and women in this room that have asked and have seen God show up. Can we be a church that today, that on Sunday, October 16th, would say, God, we want to be a people that would be used by you to reach the lost. That we want to be a people that would say yes to be used to reach those around us in our community, in our workplace, in our families, the people we don't know, the people walking down the street, the people that are on the airplane sitting next to us that we want to talk to, not, not even a little bit because we're tired. We want to be the ones that would say yes and allow him to show up. But it does require us to, to say yes. It requires us to take that first step. I want to be a church that says yes. And then I want to hear the testimonies. I want to hear the testimonies, guys. I love it. Can we say yes together this morning? Worship team, would you come up this morning? Would you stand with me here today? That's the right answer. We said last week that pursuit of God is always going to require something of us. That pursuit of God is going to require obedience. And pursuit of God is going to require us to be willing to give something of ourselves. You see, in every pursuit that is worth going after, there is a part of us that is willing to say, yes, I'm going to put something else down. I want to run faster after you, God. I want to, I want to get rid of the, the stuff that's been on me that's, that's prevented me from being able to see what you're doing. I want to be willing to, to step away from the past that has kept me in the old reality of what used to be possible. And I want to look to you and I want to say yes to what you are saying and doing right now.